This is the FoxSportsFlorida.com Miami Heat Podcast. I'm your host, Surya Fernandez, and with me is longtime Heat beat writer Ira Winderman of the Sun Sentinel. How's it going? You know, it's just good to be back in South Florida after that long trip out west, but uh, it was an interesting trip, and it sets up an interesting second half of the season. Yeah, and, and speaking of the road trip, um, you know, the, yeah, they're, they're not going to maybe beat the Portland Trailblazers of the NBA, uh, but that was a pretty solid victory against the Clippers. It took care of business against the Lakers and Kings. What kind of positives are there from that from that road trip? I think what you take out of that road trip is sort of what you knew going in. There's a certain level of team that right now, as constituted, this team is not prepared to beat on a steady basis. So you look at the Trailblazers, they're in a different orbit. You understand that. You look at the Warriors, especially on the second night of a back-to-back, not that it was much easier when they played them at American Airlines Arena. Yeah. So you say to yourself, okay, what's realistic? What's realistic in the playoff race? And you could say, take care of business get the Lakers, get the Kings, and find another way like they did against the Clippers. So I think it shows they're making strides. And usually you'd say a 3-2 and two road trip, okay, kind of meh. But I think with this team, it was a nice step forward. Right, considering that Wade was out as well. Um, and they made a couple of changes as well. Uh, how does the team look uh, as far as starting Hassan Whiteside and integrating him to the starting lineup? Is that a comfortable fit? Uh, you know, because he's getting some foul trouble if he's playing extended minutes. Is that just part of learning on the job, so to speak? You know, it's interesting you mentioned learning, because I look at it this way. I I think the first two or three weeks of Hassan Whiteside were like, your high school listeners will appreciate this, sort of the PSAT. It was a a practice test. Now this is test time, because February 29th is the trading deadline. So does Pat Riley go to February 29th and say, hey, we have our center for the future, we're good, maybe we can trade Birdman, maybe he's available, maybe we'll play big the rest of the way? Or does he say, hey, Teams are game planning right now for Hassan Whiteside. They might get him in foul trouble. He's not a starter long term. So it's really interesting because when you look at the upcoming games, whether it's against an Al Jefferson or a Roy Hibbert or a Greg Monroe or a Joakim Noah, he's going to have legitimate tests going forward now. And I think that's a good thing for Riley in his evaluations to say, do I have a starting center? Do I have a backup center? Do I have a spot player who's more of a specialist? So I think between now and February 19th, the trading deadline is going to be really interesting when it comes to Hassan Whiteside. And speaking of that deadline, do you really see the Heat moving one of their newer pieces like Dang or even a Josh McRoberts to get, you know, like to win now? Or do you see them still building towards that 2016? Or they can do both. Well, I don't know what to make of McRoberts because he was here so little. Do you give up on a player? Is he too injured? Is that a mistake? So I'm sort of taking him out of the equation. I don't think they do anything with Dang. I know that Brooklyn was interested in him when the Brook Lopez stuff started, so I thought that was interesting. To me, the name out there is Birdman for this reason. He's 36. He's a win-now type of player who could help a team in the playoff race with that extra big they might need. He has a reasonable contract. It's one of the few chips that the Heat have. I think he's the name we're going to keep an eye out and see. If you're going to build a trade, you have to build it off of money. So once you start with his $5.5 million, you add a couple million dollar player here, another million there, you can build it into something. I think he's the name to look out for. And if they, but if they were to trade him, you know, what, what kind of a power rotation is there? Uh, do you feel like the Heat would be comfortable giving Justin Hamilton extended minutes? Or do you see maybe Bosch going back to the five? Or maybe they should do that anyway and kind of preserve Birdman if they do keep him. Well, I, I think w- with Birdman, if you let him go, they have enough bigs on the roster. Are they good enough? Remember, right. Sean Williams started a power forward at the start of the season, three-point specialist. We saw a little bit of revival from Udonis Haslam in that game in Sacramento. Everyone's forgetting Udonis Haslam. Yeah. I, you forgot Udonis Haslam. <laughs> so I find that interesting. And yet, if you are going to be in the thick of a playoff race, in playoff-type games, 
he's the kind of guy you probably want to resurrect a little ahead of a Justin Hamilton, right. ahead of a Sean Williams. I think if you have Hassan Whiteside at a high level, if you have Chris Bosch at a high level, you can make it work with Udonis Haslam for this reason. Luol Deng can play the four, has already. Danny Granger, they've experimented, has played the four. You know, when you talk about heat concerns, I don't think the power forward center with or without Chris Anderson still would be at the top of the list. What is point guard a concern? We, we see Shabazz Napier now is, is kind of earning those minutes again like he did it earlier in the season. And he's, he's played pretty decently. He's shown some fundamentals. His shot still needs to be worked. Well, a lot of things sure. need to be worked on, of course. Rookie. But, uh, yeah, uh, but do, do you feel that um, you know, he's shown some progress in that road trip? Well, it's interesting. You mentioned his point guard a concern. I'm going to expand that. Is guard a concern? The answer is yes. And the fact is they've not had a reliable backup shooting guard behind Dwayne Wade. We started the season with Shannon Brown. He was gone after a month. They had Andre Dawkins here for a while. They have Tyler Johnson here for a while. James N is very raw. Danny Granger has had a long streak of struggling to make shots. So I think it's not necessarily do the Heat need another point guard. I think between Cole and Chalmers and Napier, they can make it work. In a perfect world, they get a shooting guard who can also defend – then you could play Dwayne Wade at point guard. He's been facilitating wonderfully this year. So if you do that, but you have someone who can guard the opposing quick point guards, you can get away with it also. So I think that he'd need to add a guard, maybe a combo guard. I don't want to say Tony Douglas again, but someone in that mold so that when Dwayne's out, you have someone, and when Dwayne's in, you have versatility. How much tinkering do you think realistically they will be doing with the roster? Is it just going to be a one piece, two pieces there? Or maybe, you know, they just stick with what they have. Well, I, I think your question was good before when you said, do you go to 2016? I don't think it's anything major because you cannot afford to touch that cap space for 16. Right. Unless it's a player you're saying is going to change our team now. There was talk about Aaron Aflalo. Nice player, even if you have to give him a new deal or something, might be worth it, might be better than you'll get at shooting guard anyway. I think a small piece. I think they're going to shore up that backcourt. And there's other issues. It's not only about now with the roster you have. Norris Cole's going to be a free agent after the season. Do you give him a $3 million qualifying offer for restricted free agency? Do you let him go when do you move on? So I think Pat Riley also has to look at what's next with his roster. He has to look at Mario Chalmers has one year left on his deal at $4 million. Is he a long-term piece, or can you flip that for someone else? So for Pat Riley, it's really a delicate balancing issue between making the playoffs this year, being competitive in 15-16, and being all-in in free agency in the 16 offseason. It's a lot. <laughs> but, but Pat Riley but has shown the, that. They pay him the big bucks. That's what he does. And you know what? The right. one thing about Pat Riley is we've all already had, I'd say, three or four incarnations of the Pat Riley teams. The one he inherited. The Zoe and Tim Hardaway team. The Shaq team. The big three team. He's proven really good at that. He's not the kind of guy who stands back. He understands that the salary cap means it's a constantly evolving and changing situation. Mm-hmm. And so I, I agree that two years from now when we're talking on the Fox Sports podcast, it's going to sound a lot different. <laughs> and yeah. more just for what we're recording it with, this team is constantly evolving. Right, and, and that's the thing, though. Is, is it wise to think that much far ahead? Because Wade kind of alluded to that, that uh, I think it was like a week ago maybe, mm-hmm. that, that 2016 maybe is a little overblown. It's an abstract, right. What, what if they get offered a, some great piece and they just go all in? Sure. I mean, it could happen. And, and again, this summer, you're going to have free agents like Jimmy Butler and Marcus Gasol. So, so many of the teams that say they're waiting till 2016. Reggie Jackson, a player that he'd faced when they faced Oklahoma City, another guy like that. This summer will weed out some of the 2016 teams so that he can sit back and say, okay, the Knicks, they went ahead and spent their money. Hmm. Some of these other teams, they went ahead and spent their money. 2016 won't be that crowded. Or they might say, hey, 
Kevin Durant's going to Washington. He's going home. He's out of it. Anthony Davis isn't going anywhere. Pat Riley has to think farther ahead. You're right. Dwayne Wade has to think about the next game. Pat Riley has to think seasons out. Right, right. And, and um, you know, just looking ahead to the schedule, there are some important dates circled that, that could, you know, affect the playoff sure. seeding. We're, always, we're already getting to the halfway point. Uh, and you see those kind of hungry teams that are right around there with the Bucks. Uh, even the Pistons are, are a team Absolutely. that are surprising. Uh, what, what kind of important dates do, do well, you see? Well, I, I see a top five locked in in the East, and I'm going to give Cleveland the benefit of the doubt because they have LeBron James. So you have Washington, you have Toronto, you have Atlanta, you have Chicago, and you have Cleveland. I think that's right. the top five. Right. I think a bunch of teams are playing six through eight. I think Milwaukee, with its injuries, pretty much locked into six now, is going to slide a little. Mm-hmm. Brooklyn looks like they've lost all interest. Lionel Hollins looks like he hates his team. His team looks like they hate playing together, so maybe they fall out. So I think I think you're going to see teams like the Heat, teams like Detroit playing well. Indiana, Frank Vogel's players don't give up. Uh, Charlotte has had a good stretch. They get Al Jefferson back now. The Heat play all those teams. So this is the little maneuvering and manipulating that really can improve your seed. So as much as nice as it is to beat the Clippers or to beat Phoenix like they did or Dallas earlier this year, honestly, the games they need to win for seeding are Detroit and Indiana and Charlotte and Milwaukee, and those are all upcoming on the schedule. You mentioned a couple minutes ago, Alonzo and Tim. That, that I, I recall the, that road warrior team mentality. This team isn't quite there yet, but they have. They, they seem to be playing better on the road. Oh, absolutely. Uh, how can you? How can because you qualify? Because this that? team was comfortable for four years. This team thought it could turn it on in the second half of games for four years. Well, they've already learned with the third quarters we've seen, they couldn't do that. I think the message has hit home that home alone is not enough. Chris Bosch was so honest about it. He said, look, we knew we could just turn it on when needed. We didn't play hard all the time. I think the lesson for the first half of the schedule, the home games, the third quarter struggles is... This team has to play hard all the time, has to be healthy all the time. At least they know that going into the second half of the season. Yeah, and I think also that there's that realization that, you know, Wade and Bosch can't do it all alone. When, when, when the scoring is, is balanced, the ball is sure. sharing, and, and somebody like Dang is more involved in the offense, the Heat, you know, look kind of dangerous almost. If you have Dwayne Wade, Chris Bosch, and Luol Dang, you should look dangerous. When you're talking about competing with the Charlottes and the Detroits and right. the Milwaukee's and the Indianas, this team record should be better than it is right now. That's what the second half of the season is about. These guys, a lot of guys came in the offseason with Dang, with Granger, with Chris Bosh missing eight games and Dwayne missing ten games. Now is the time they need cohesion. We'll see what they built the first three months of the season. And, and, and cohesion, though, with, with Wade, uh, you know, he's missing a couple of games here and there. Do you see that kind of just going forward? Well, as, as, as I wrote, kind of through the first 40 games of the season, Dwayne Wade missed ten this year. Yeah. Through the first 40 games of last season, right. Dwayne Wade missed ten. That's all, yeah. He cannot afford to miss another 18 like he did last year. This team is not built to withstand that. So honestly, in Dwayne Wade's hamstring, we trust. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and, and this is not the kind of team that's going to uh, come together and, and have a 9-10 a, a game winning streak. It's it's a team that's going to win a couple of games, maybe lose a couple of games. Yeah, it, it, but again, what Dwayne said is it can't be one step forward, three steps back right. anymore. It has to be three steps forward, one step back. They can survive that just fine. They can look at the schedule and say, okay, Sunday in Chicago, that's a tough game, but mm-hmm. we're going to wind up getting Indiana and Milwaukee around that game, and it's going to be okay. And when we go out in the West, we have San Antonio at the end of the next road trip, but before that, we have Boston and Detroit and Minnesota. We have to get those three. That's how they have to look at the schedule. This team is still a step away, as we saw in the Golden State game and the road trip and the Portland game, as we spoke at the top of this, mm-hmm. but there's other games that have slipped away early in this season. Yes. Philadelphia, Milwaukee, 
Indiana, Orlando, they can't afford those the second half of the right. season. Yeah, totally. And, and they're going to be in that lower half of, this, of, the, of the standings. Obviously. Again, I say five teams are pretty much locked in. I right. think it's Toronto and Washington. It's Chicago. It's Cleveland. It's Atlanta. So really, everyone else is left playing for six and maybe playing any of those teams the way the seeds come out. But i got to tell you, the Heat in a playoff setting against any of those, they also could advance to the second round. That's true. I mean, there, there are teams that they could match up well. There's and no Heat experience. this year. There's no opposing Heat. i got to tell you, there's no Indiana this year. I know Atlanta's right. playing well, but I think they're built more for the regular season. They haven't shown anything in the playoffs in recent years. So it's not like Indiana kept getting to the finals and falling short. The East doesn't have that kind of team this year. All right. Well, once again, thank you so much for, for, for answering many of my questions. And we're going to look forward more and more. Uh, as the time goes on, we're going to talk more about playoff seedings and all of yeah, that. Yeah, I think the P word's going to come into play a little more. <laughs> so I think it's good for the Heat, and I think it's good for us. Right. All right. Thank you again. Thank you so much. Take care.